This is the Stockton San Joaquin County Public Library. Welcome to Beyond the Book, a new podcast presented by the Stockton San Joaquin County Public Library. I'm Brianna and I have Jody with me and we are here to talk about books and what they are based on. And this episode we have Denise Mina's The Long Drop which is her first foray into true crime. It's the story of Peter Manuel, a serial killer operating in the 1950s in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, True crime stories always have two versions, the official verdict and the story people tell each other. Sometimes the difference is staggering. On the 19th of September, 1956, Peter Manuel broke into a suburban villa in Glasgow and shot three women in their beds. Then he made himself a ham sandwich. The father of the house, William Watt, was five hours drive away on a fly fishing holiday, but police still suspected him. Watt was odd. He had taken the guard dog with him, which he never did. He established his alibi like a man trying to establish an alibi. William Watt was accused of the murders and sent to prison for three months. Released, Watt decided to investigate the murders himself and put out the word that he would pay for information. Peter Manuel came forward and the two men met for a drink. They spent 11 hours together, drinking, driving, talking. The next time they met was in the high court in Glasgow, where Manuel was accused of those murders and many others. The long drop is a reimagining of the trial and the night the two men spent together. And now we're going to talk about the crime that the book is based on and a little bit about what we think may or may not have happened in those 11 hours that Watt and Manuel spent together. So Jody, do you want to give us a little bit of a background on who Peter Manuel was? Sure. Peter Manuel was the first so-called serial killer in Scotland. He was born in the United States to Scottish parents, but he returned to Scotland in 1932. Um, he became known as the Beast of Birkinshaw, though he preferred to call himself Scotland's Frankenstein. He was known as the most cold-blooded serial killer to ever haunt the region, brutally murdering at least eight people. And he was also one of the last prisoners to be hang, hung, this is hang, hung in Glasgow's prison. He went on to perpetuate a series of sexual assaults over the next year before he was caught and convicted serving nine years in prison. Tragically, at least three of Manuel's murders occurred while he was out on bail. In September of the same year that he killed Annie, he also broke into the home of the Watt family where he killed Marion Watt, Marion's daughter Vivian, and Marion's sister Margaret. While some police suspected Manuel at the time, the main suspect in the case was William Watt, which was Marion's husband and Vivian's father who'd been on his fishing trip 90 miles away. In their efforts to prove William Watt guilty, the police left any further investigation of Wynemel to the wayside. And meanwhile, he shot and killed another family, the Smarts, in their home on January 1st, 1958, which was um, mother, father, and their 10-year-old son? I believe he was 10? Yeah, he was 10. 10 10-year-old. After he executed the Smarts, Manuel continued to live in their home for five days, eating the leftovers from their feast and feeding the family cat, even taking joy rides in the Smarts car. During one of such drive, he actually gave a ride to a police officer who was investigating one of his other murders, that of 17-year-old Isabel Cook, 
whom he had raped and strangled to death, then buried in a nearby field. Unable to resist the urge to taunt the police, Manuel told the officer that he thought they were looking for the murdered girl in the wrong place. And those are basically <laughs> the crimes that the book kind of goes over as well. There's very there's a distinct possibility that there are more, but these are the known ones and the ones that he was connected with by the police, not necessarily all the ones he was convicted of, of, though. These are the ones he did admit to these. Yes, he did admit to all of them. Well, he... Except... Annie. Did he admit to Annie? I think yeah. they didn't... They couldn't get enough evidence to convict him on, on so her he didn't murder. Admit to that one, but he did admit to Isabel's and showed mm-hmm. where her body was. Yes. Which, in, like, a super callous move, he took the police to her body, and then they asked him where she was, and he's like, I'm standing yeah. on her. So that's the kind of guy he was, basically. But the book, The Long Drop, is mostly about the Watt family. Um, that's, we don't, well, it's interesting, and Jody was describing it as, like, reading a documentary, because it's very to the point, like, there's not much exposition in it there you don't really get (laughs) there's no backstory no backstory you're just kind of dropped in somewhat expecting to know what it's about yeah there's no discussion of like the watt family really of marion or her daughter or their family life um or any of the other people he murdered really there's no talk of the smarts other than he murdered the smarts um, he murdered learn, Annie. He you, murdered Isabel. Yeah, you learn a little bit about Isabel when her poor dad is on the stand at the trial talking mm. about her, or talking about her in his head somewhat too, um, which was actually really sad. No, it reads like a documentary. The sentences are really short. It's very factual, or comes across as very factual. But mostly, the book is kind of an imagining of what those 11 hours were like between William Watt and Peter Manuel, because nobody really knows, like, you kind of, they know, like, the gist of what happened, and they know certain events that happened, but nobody knows exactly what they talked about, but basically, um, when the police were investigating the Watt family murder, they were for sure thought that William Watt killed his own family, um, they had a ferry master and another motorist identified William Watt. Watt said he was on this fishing trip, which was like, what, like five hours away? Yeah, it was like 90 miles away. Um, from where his home was. And the ferry master said that he saw Watt and their black dog on the ferry. And then another motorist said that he couldn't... Re- like for sure say he saw Watt but identified Watt because he held his cigarette in like a super distinct manner and so the police thought for sure it was Watt I mean he also didn't act like a man who had lost his family and it could have been shock it's hard to say but like when the hotel lady said that you know your whole family has been murdered you need to get back home he thought it was a joke and he, like, didn't have any, he no affect at all, no emotion. And then he had blood under his fingernails, and he said it was because he was cutting his corns from his feet. <laughs> but, like, the timeline just doesn't make a lot of sense as That's to so when random. that could be happening. So the police arrested him. 
And when he was in Barlini prison, Manuel was also in Barlini prison and knew that Watt was willing to pay for information about who murdered his family. And so Manuel reached out to Watt while they were both in prison and said that he knew who knows who the real killer is. And, you know, for the price, he'd be willing to take Watt to who the real killer is. And he could get him the gun. And, yeah, and he can get him the gun. And Lawrence Dowdle, uh, he also is in the book. He's the solicitor. He interviewed Manuel and Watt. And that's like there's an, a lot of interesting legal loopholes that could have thrown Manuel's whole, whole case out, potentially, if the lawyer had told the truth about how he was going to represent Manuel as well as Watt. Um, but basically... That part is all factual. He was there at their, like, weird meeting for about 10 minutes, and then he left. And then these guys spent 11 hours together, like, drinking, going from pub to pub. They had eggs and bacon at, like, Watt's brother's house, and then they drank more in front of Manuel's house. Well, Manuel's mom's house, but Manuel wouldn't let him inside. But also why they're on their pub crawl, they're also hiding out from the um, mafia. The Scottish, the Scottish. This, Ed, this Glasgow mafia, which, um, I mean, is not in anything that I researched other than the book. So I cannot say speak to, speak to the factualness <laughs> of that. Obviously, it does make one wonder, because Denise Mina wrote an entire book about it, like, what on earth happened in those 11 hours that these two men were together? Like, what happened? And this, the long drop is Denise Mina's kind of reimagining of what happened. Um, and that part is the loosely based part, but the court transcripts, like, she had all of access to all of the court transcripts for the trial. Those parts are very, they read very accurate. And like transcripts <laughs> like they don't read like your typical fiction yeah with like their line of questioning and the answers by the witnesses and manuel ended up defending himself yes um, because he is so arrogant which yes pretty much how became his undoing his arrogance he thought he was so smart that he could trip up the witnesses and I think he knew he wasn't going to get out of it, but I think his last little last-ditch effort was to just put the, like, doubt in everyone's mind about William Watt actually mm-hmm. was involved in the killings when he asked him if he paid, if he was, if he had anything to do with it or if he paid to have it done. That was one of, like, his last yeah. statements and questions in, in court. court. Which I guess he also kind of started this idea of you being able to be your own legal representative in your defense because it wasn't done so much before Peter Manuel took, like, decided that he was going to be his own defense. And in the book, they make a big deal out of how the defense attorneys that he had didn't like him and wanted him to go away for murder and so weren't necessarily doing their due diligence as, as a defense 
Um, he had a really, I mean, he was very well known by everyone. Yes. He had a He was called the reputation. Beast of Birkinshaw yeah. for but a reason. William Watt also seemed to be known by everyone, too, and not well-liked. He well did. Liked. No. Um, well, and, like, it, like, Peter Manuel basically had kind of, like, a signature, and it's, like, a really callous and gross one where... Like, Jody said he would stay in the houses and he would eat their food, but he would also, like, grind the food and cigarettes into the carpets or into the bedding, and and that's kind of, like, how they knew it was him and how... It's like he didn't like, care if he left, got caught or left evidence. No. it Yeah, basically, like, he didn't care at all. Um, and it was his signature basically that he did that so when police see that they kind of already know who it is they just don't have enough evidence to connect him because besides you know all of the grossness that he leaves he doesn't really leave any fingerprints or anything foolproof that would connect him well it's because you know forensics back then I mean it is not what 1956 yeah um, so, yeah, I mean, they would be very limited. I mean, probably fingerprints and probably just mostly like witness it, statements. Yeah, or if you, like, had it on your person. Like, if they walked up to him and he was covered in blood. Yes. Or had the gun on his person. Yes. Very true. Didn't he defend himself before? He did defend himself before. Yeah, successfully. successfully. So that's why he um, thought he could do it again. Yeah, he... But he kind of also had a history of in and out of juvenile detention facilities and, like, a history of violence, especially violence towards women, um, which Jody and I were discussing previously, and... There's no instance that says maybe where this violence came from because he does love his mother. Like, he really cares for her, and that's one of the parts of his undoing in this trial is he's trying to protect his mother, so is willing to confess to um, more crimes that the police couldn't necessarily connect him to. Um, they also have him confess for more crimes because they have his father in custody as well because his father had some of his clothes that he was disposing of. And not even very much. We only have any inkling of what they were like because of what William Watt, the father, said. Just that Marion um, had a heart condition and just yes. had heart surgery. And so was, was, you know, had health issues. And that's why um, her sister was staying with Yeah, her. and that's why their sis- her sister was staying with her. Um, and it was, an, like, another kind of piece of damning evidence against William Watt was he made multiple calls home to kind of check in on who was in the house and who wasn't under the guise that he was, like, checking on the family, which was another piece of evidence against him. He was in prison for three months as well, so they must have had something on him well you know it's always the husband is always the prime suspect suspect. i mean there's it does take and again who knows because everybody has passed away that was associated with this case um but it's 
who knows like what actually happened um because it turns out like the the ferryman who saw william watt couldn't necessarily be relied upon because he also saw his picture in the paper so they couldn't pin it down specifically and then the other motorist who saw william watt didn't really see his face just saw the way he held a cigarette which wasn't enough evidence to keep him in prison and also like the gall that peter manuel had to claim this money that william watt was gonna put out for information on who killed his family when he was the one that killed his family is insane i mean insane we are now offering chromebooks and hotspots including charging cables for checkout all kits come with an easy-to-carry bag and are available at your nearest SSJ CPL branch. Check for availability by calling 209-937-8221 or check out the online catalog at ssjcpl.org. Using it too because I because if you know the like the actual story, and then you read this, it's almost like this is like true and what actually yes. happened so like in my mind they're converging and so i'm like oh yes he's guilty or because uh, in the book she alludes to the fact that william watt proven in real life no that's just denise mean is kind of reimagining based on mm -hmm. trial transcripts and she also had written a play called driving manuel about peter manuel and william watt and um, had heard from a lot of people who saw the play that that wasn't how it went down based on word of mouth, which is interesting in the author's website. You know, it does say that the official verdict in the story people tell each other are often very different. And this, like, Peter Manuel is basically, it seems like Scotland's boogeyman. Like, people still talk about him and, and know his name. And so word word traveled and she learned that basically the play that she had put on according to all of the people who lived there during the time wasn't accurate and so she decided to write this book to provide a quote-unquote more accurate representation of exactly what happened and and what happened between these two men um, that led to Manuel, Manuel ultimately being convicted and hung on all of these horrendous crimes against the Watt family, the Smarts, Isabel Cook, and Annie Neelands. And they, because they searched his parents' home, and that's where they found some of the stolen items that Manuel had stolen from various crimes, which is one of the reasons why that he, he did confess, because he didn't want his father or his mother to necessarily even be associated with him it seemed like at least in the book and again this is fictional yeah, we don't I know think, what he actually felt i think in the i think the true in the true part of the story i think they offered him a deal to or he to offered confess. he offered them a deal i'll take you to isabel's body i'll show you where the guns are buried if you stop going after my dad which i think that probably tracks because he does seem like he's very in it for himself and like what he can get like yeah he wanted his dad to be safe but also 
he gets a deal for himself. But I think he, I think even though he doesn't want to get caught, I think he also kind of does or doesn't care. I think he likes the notoriety and his reputation. And in the book, which is also seems like it would be true, like all the women that are lined up to watch the trial because they're, they say they want to see justice served, but they're like giggling and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, upset when they don't get to go in. So it's like a, you know, they're fascinated because he supposedly has um, movie star good looks mm-hmm. um, compared to, um, what's, what actor do they compare him to? Oh, Robert Mitchum. Yeah, Robert and Mitchum. So it's like a Ted Bundy situation where they're fascinated by this handsome, oh, he, you know, he wouldn't murder me um, type thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that just all feeds into his arrogance. Yes. Which is, you know, again, because he, yes. he even spent, like, some of the smarts money. Yeah. Um, and that helped him get caught, too. Because he does have a lot of arrogance in in his appearance. But, like, it's alluded to in, mostly in the book, but he's really not that smart. Like, you know, because, I mean, obviously he spent a majority of his young life in juvenile detention centers and not in school school, so he can't really read very well he can't write very well does keep changing like his story and his plan when he's talking to william watt like i'll take you to the gun and then it's like no i'll give you like a patsy that you can turn in instead Mm -hmm. Um, i'll give you a story and then william watt who does seem a little bit smarter um at least in a business in a way, business sense, he's has supposed to be kind of laid like word traps for him, mm-hmm. and, um, and then I think that um, just confuses Manuel. Yeah, because William Watt's supposed to be this master baker, and the book talks a lot about his like biggest dream is to be in this merchant guild because they quote unquote run Scotland and mm-hmm. run Glasgow, and then he would be in a real place of power. And I think that's like the main basis that the author of the fictional book, The Long Drop, takes for why he wanted to murder at least his wife because his wife was very ill. And um, he also had a mistress that he ends up with. And that was like the impetus is financial gain. Uh, Also being able to be with his mistress and like being able to be a real decision maker yeah, in this town a, like, a total social climber yes self-aggrandizer liar not fully innocent and i mean he may have not had anything to do yes with it but i don't think he's a thousand you know 100 percent innocent i think he's probably a liar Did oh absolutely his, his many adultery And I think, you know, obviously, they're both liars. Like, you can't take their word for true, even if they say it is. But if he did, okay, so let's say he did pay for Mm -hmm. his wife's murder. And the mafia guy hired Manuel to do the hit. Why is he spending all this time with Manuel? Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like if you and I mean in the fictional work, it does yeah, it does allude to the fact that William Watt thinks and feels that Manuel murdered his family, but like 
they're super buddy buddy but also in in real life real life fact they were together for 11 hours if you just wanted to get the gun and a confession that wouldn't take 11 hours Mm -hmm. nor would you take them to your brother's house drive manuel back to his house like i club hopping you wouldn't be hiding because in that one club the mafia guy came looking for manuel but wasn't necessarily looking for Watt. But Mm-mm. then Watt is helping him Escape. hide yeah. from them. So if you know that he's the one that they've used for the job to kill your wife, what are you doing? And that's the thing. Unless is... you're just really trying to get the gun, but then you're going to have to explain. And how do you know, if you get the gun from him, how do you know he's not going to then say, oh, he paid me to do it? But you know how it says, like, the... Um, I think he did admit to the Annie Nealon's murder. But they he did admit the to it. Evidence was circumspect, right? Yeah. But what evidence? What more evidence did they have in the Watt murders than they had in the Annie murders? I don't think they had any more evidence other than his confession and that he took them to the weapon okay. because he shot That's them. True. And he took them to the web. Well, because he threw the the guns. It was a Beretta, um, and a Webley pistol. But mm-hmm. I think with the Watts, it was the Beretta because it makes a big there was spot the one in was the. Missing. One of the weapons was missing something. Yeah, I mean, it's a big like kind of linchpin in the trial moment when one of the mafia guys comes in and says that he knows that gun was Peter Manuel's because he gave him that gun. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, solidifies that. Also, in addition, it fit his signature of um, staying in the house. Um, and it was only, like, the Watt family was only a few miles away from where the Smart family lived as well. So I think they can tie them in based on location. It's interesting, too. I didn't read anything about how he picks his victims. I don't know if he has, like, a specific type. It does seem like they're young women, at least with Annie and Mm -hmm. Isabel. They're both very young, like 16, 17, and they're alone. They're walking alone. But then he's, like, there's another one where he supposedly was the prime suspect in the murder of a taxi driver. Yes. While he was in town for an interview. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other lady he bludgeoned. And then the Smart family, he killed their son. And in the book, a lot of times he makes references to that he doesn't do kitties. Yeah, he he makes a huge thing did. about that, but he, he did, did kill a ten year old boy. Yeah. And it could just be random or he maybe sees something they have that he likes. That, like he mm-hmm. likes the smarts car. Yeah, which he um, that he drove the smarts car around afterwards. And he even gave a policeman a ride, which is how dumb do you feel? Yeah, well but also like <laughs> fed their cat. Which well, because he lived there for, like, is, several days. But then continued to go home as well. And then go back into this house with this family. Because his arrogance just knows no bounds, apparently. I guess not. He's, and then he does, he does have a sister, right? Yeah, he's the second of three children. But they don't really ever talk about his siblings. They don't know. They don't really talk. Much about 
Well, I mean, in the book, granted, life. it's very short, and it's only really about the trial and a it's reimagining so of the 11 hours that William Watt and Peter Manuel were together. But there's no further information. And I think, I mean, I, I can't speculate as to why, but perhaps it's the biggest mystery in this particular case of the trial is what on earth were they talking about for such a long period of time. It seemed like they were just drinking yeah well because i mean and they, the same thing over and over yes which like um they the peter manuel's trial only lasted 14 days and it said it's the most documented trial in the history of the scottish criminal justice system it was super short and then it only took the jury two hours and 21 minutes to convict peter manuel which is much less time than he spent with william watt Mm-hmm. Um, doing whatever it was they were doing. I mean, obviously, he's called the Beast of Birkinshaw because he is a beast, and he treated his victims terribly. Well, and if he has no like profile, Mm-mm. like um, so you don't know, like oh, I'm safe because I'm not his usual type or whatever. You didn't yeah. know where, when, and where he was gonna strike. So he's definitely like a boogeyman that you gotta watch out for. I did think um, it was interesting when she was talking about uh, where he was saying how he writes. He's an author. Yeah, he has all of these fictional works that he writes, and then he continues to claim that the police framed him. And that's in the book a little bit too, like that he was framed for all of these things and the scottish mafia in the fictional book it makes it out to seem that he took the fall for this but it was actually william watt but i'm obviously that's not true well in the book it he makes it seem like yes he did shoot them but because he was paid to but i don't if that even if that was true he wasn't didn't have to be so brutal and then he wasn't Mm -hmm. paid to kill the smarts or elizabeth cook or annie nealon so it's like he's trying to make it seem like none of these things were his fault doing whatever it was they were doing which is super weird because when you're reading the book so every time they hit a new pub they have like the same conversation over and over Mm -hmm. it's peter manuel doesn't seem like he's that drunk even though they're continuous drinking but william watt is a thousand percent drunk but they and just it's like Peter Manuel wants to get this over with, like this meeting over with. He's like, are you going to pay me now? Pay me now. Yeah. Um, and then William Watt just keeps dragging out. It's almost like he's trying to just drag this night out until he passes like some kind of deadline or something because he just, it's very strange. It is. It's super, it's very, very strange. And it's it's easy, like Jody said, it's easy to kind of, merge the real life events with Denise Mina's fictional account because it's written in such a way that it seems like you're reading a transcript to a documentary um Mm -hmm. it I mean it doesn't seem like it takes that many liberties other than potentially what could have taken place during their the dialogue Mm -hmm. you know obviously you don't have a record of that during their time together and neither one of them in all of the research that I did and Jody did there neither one of them ever said what they did or what they talked about during those 11 hours it just seems like Peter Manuel was executed and then William Watt went on to to marry his mistress mistress and do his happy life and the end
Browse from a great selection of fiction and nonfiction digital items in Hoopla. Hoopla also has a wide variety of popular comics for all ages. Library card holders are allowed four checkouts a month. Enjoy magazines and the great courses unlimited with a binge pass. A Hoopla binge pass gives you seven days of unlimited access to great online content with a single borrow. To get started, visit ssjcpl.org. And that's pretty much where the <laughs> fictional account ends. Um, and it, I mean, I'm sure these could not have been, you know, Peter Manuel's only killings. These are just the oh, only I'm ones sure. that they could link him to. And it is interesting that the only killing that they didn't, that he wouldn't confess to was the taxi driver, Sidney Dunn's, even though they found a button in Dunn's taxi that matched one of Manuel's jackets. That was the only one he wouldn't uh, admit or confess to of the ones that the police accused him of. And it's it's really sad for Annie that she didn't, you know, and her family didn't get justice because there just wasn't enough evidence in that particular case. So much more mm-hmm. emotion than William Watt ever gave about any member any of member, his family. Yeah, even his um, daughter, who was about the same age as Isabel mm-hmm. and Annie. She was 16. But it was interesting. Peter Manuel was uh, arrested, you know, found guilty and hung. People were able to sleep a lot better because there was a lot of fear in the community. Also, I think fear because he has no... Rhyme like or rhyme or reason for why he's com- why Manuel's committing these crimes, yeah, or like why did he kill the taxi driver? Did the taxi it, driver say something to him to piss him off? And it or doesn't, it just yeah, doesn't feel like it. it doesn't seem like there's really any motive. Like he's not besides the smarts, he's not taking money. He's you know he's taking like random random things, things mm-hmm. but there's no but he's also clear been, motive. He's been stealing since he was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, since he stole from the church. And that was his first, like, foray into breaking the law. Yes. It does say that he was bullied in school. Um, but other than that, they never says anything that really... No. Why he is so and angry. He, and definitely no. doesn't explain why he's so angry. And he also women. would just break into people's houses and trash their houses and leave. And sometimes take cash and jewelry, but sometimes just strew food on, put, you know, muddy boot prints all over and leave. Who knows? Who knows? Really. It does say that... Um, his last words were turn up the radio and I'll go quietly. <laughs> I mean, I think everything about <laughs> this case and Peter Manuel is very creepy. Like again, if you if you look at him, he looks menacing. Like he Oh, he, even his smile his is more is, like a smirk. Yeah. Than a smile. It is. It's very much like a smirk and like his eyes don't have any emotion at all in them yeah he obviously has zero empathy at all yeah and it um the police museum's website um says that uh, women now in their 60s vividly remember the fear they experienced during 
Peter Manuel's crime spree time. Fathers or elder brothers met young women from evening buses and young people returning from a night out would band together to make sure they got home safely. This was the effect that Peter Manuel had on the people of Lanarkshire in eastern Glasgow during his two-year reign of terror. I mean, he really did make a circus of his trial, Peter Manuel. Well, especially because he did it, defended himself because mm-hmm. he thought he was so clever and was going to get himself off again like he had done before. But the, the sad thing is, too, is that he did those murders when he was already out on bail for other crimes. Yeah. I did and like her descriptions of Scotland, though. Yes. It was very, like, dark and smoky yes. and, like... And the, um, like, shadowy. Yeah, like a foregone time. Because I, mm-hmm. after this time period, it said that Glasgow completely changed. Like, it had to complete remodel. So it doesn't look like this mm-hmm. at all anymore. And it is an interesting point. And I'm, I would be very curious to know, like, where her research led her to this kind of Scottish mafia underground world that perhaps Manuel worked for. Mm-hmm. and hired him to kill people. Um, I would be fascinated to know where where she found that tidbit because it doesn't say anywhere else in any of the research that we did other than this book yeah, that kept, there's a connection. They kept that part quiet. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would be interested to know like where, where she dug I up mean, that. I mean, I'm sure that was probably like going on. Oh, I'm sure. But whether or not he was connected. Associated with it or not. Or whether William Watt was or not also. I would I would imagine William Watt probably was just because he was such a social climber trying to get ahead and was always looking like to wheel and deal and do whatever it took. Mm-hmm, to be this guild this, member so yeah, he could run the town. This person he thought. Have the power. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, you're invested because you... It, again, reads like a documentary. I think the only thing... I mean, it's not even negative that I would say, but, like, the ending is just so abrupt. I thought that... I I was confused. I was, like, reading it, and I was like, okay, next chapter. And it was just the acknowledgments page. I had the same thing. Um, I and I was like, scrolling. where's, like, the epilogue? Or, yeah, like... I kept scrolling on the tablet, too, thinking I had missed a page. But, I mean, it's, I mean, he... He was hung. William Watt went on to his life. I mean, that is kind of where the story ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was it's a abrupt. abrupt. But too, again, if I hadn't read and not really known what was going on at all, because uh, there is no prologue, no. there is no backstory. It just jumps straight in, straight to, in in media um, res. Like I didn't read anything about the case beforehand. And so, yeah, I was confused as to what was happening. I, I've never heard of Peter Manuel, the Beast of Birkinshaw, yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, jumped, like, the first line, he knows too much to be an honest man, but says he wants to help. He says he can get the gun for that. I mean, that's like, okay, what's the crime? Like, you have no idea what's going on. And it's, yeah. So I'm glad that I read the true crime part first, but then again, it did kind of merge into one thing and blurred the lines a little bit, but... It does. That was kind of cool. I think that added to the book, though. Like, if I had just read the book and didn't even know that it was based, loosely based on a true crime, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. Because it was very... It's very dry, and it's very... It presents as very factual only. Um, And you don't... 
really get a sense of any character at all other than of things you know it's like a timeline it jumps from you know event 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 but you don't get any explanation as to why they're doing this what's happening what's going on it's just like this yeah, this what's no, happening no character development no mm-hmm. relationship building really just no idea what's going on other than these two terrible sounding people are hanging out together drinking trying to get a gun and then it goes back and forth between the trial and their which can also be kind of jarring Mm -hmm. like you're you're going back and forth between when you're in the trial versus when Mm -hmm. Watt and Manuel are in the car driving around together and you don't always know where you are I do think that was better though than if she had just done like the 11 like done the whole 11 hours and then gone to the trial I don't think that would have been good. No, because it's way, but it yeah. does, it is a little jarring but until it, you kind of yes. get into the the flow and the, the rhythm. Flow of it. it does give mm-hmm. you more backstory too, because you're you know you're in the trial and then you get the backstory of why you're in the trial, like what led up to the trial happening. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I do wish there just been like a little more backstory, or even like about William Watts' family. Um, yeah, they didn't talk, besides a very brief mention of Isabel Cook and uh, Marion, uh, they didn't mention anything at all about no, any of just, the victims. They're just a statistic, really. It would have been nice, like, too, if you're going to accuse William Watt of murdering or of paying to have his wife murdered, like, maybe why would he have wanted to murder her? Like, what was mm-hmm. their relationship like? I mean, he's... He's a horrible person. Yeah. So you can see maybe why she'd want to murder him, but like why, you know, was it was it just so he can marry his mistress? Was it for money? I mean, was it it, she was sick. It's kind of like an opinion you have to make. I think it was twofold. Money. I think it was for money because he wanted to be part of this merchant's guild and and basically you needed to buy your way in from the sounds of it. Uh, you couldn't just go in on on merit like you're he was the quote unquote master baker, but also he had numerous affairs, not just with the mistress in the novel. Uh, so I think it was a twofold. But he also is supposed to be like a really unattractive, gross man. So how is he having all these affairs? It's an excellent question. <laughs> no one knows. He's got money. Yeah, not enough to get into the merchant guild, but he has enough money to woo women and enough money to pay to have his wife murdered mm-hmm. and to hire the best solicitor that there is, right? Yeah, I don't know. Which also is interesting because they talk a lot about the solicitor and how the solicitor is, like, he's never lost a case. He's able to get everyone off. So why would William Watt feel the need to get him if he was completely innocent? Exactly. And also, if he can get everyone off, again, why is he trying to get, why is he trying to investigate the crime and get and deal with Manuel when he has, like, this super high-powered attorney who's supposedly going to be successful? Why does he even need to deal with this? He shouldn't have to, but, I mean, for some reason, he feels compelled. Just, it's his arrogance again, maybe, trying to get him to confess or something. Maybe, and, like, completely take his name away from that aspect if they have a for-sure person. Or maybe he's trying to figure out what Peter Manuel knows. Maybe he's trying to see if Peter Manuel knows that he is, he did indeed pay to hire. Because maybe the mafia didn't tell him who paid him to, who wants these people Mm -hmm. dead. 
maybe he's trying to see how much Peter Mellon knows. That's also possible. We'll never, never know because everyone has <laughs> passed away. And I think uh, basically the basis of Denise Mina's idea of why William Watt would want his family killed um, is speculation from other people who were living in Glasgow at the time and what they had heard on the street. Well, see, it's interesting, too, when he was at his brother's house and his brother's wife was eavesdropping. Let's also say how awful his brother treated his wife. But she did not want when they, she made them leave. leave, And then she told she never never wanted that horrible man back. And she wasn't referring to Peter Manuel. No, she was referring to William Watt. To her brother. Her brother-in-law. So that was very interesting, I thought. It was. Who is the real villain? There is no evidence essentially fair i guess or you're like hey yeah i buried her body here here where i'm standing and i mean i think that they were only really able to to you know convict and arrest manuel is because he confessed i think without his confession um there wouldn't have been enough evidence to tie him his confession though do you think they would have if william watt had ended up just on trial and not Peter and Manuel, do you think they would have convicted William Watt? Well, I don't think they, I didn't think they had enough evidence to convict William Watt either. That's why they released him from prison. Um, because the two witnesses who claimed they saw him were not super reliable because one also saw his picture in the paper and then was very confused about it, and the other one never really saw him, <clears throat> just the way he held his cigarette. Because his first lawyer couldn't get him out, but then Dowdall did get him out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they had enough evidence to convict him either. I do think, though, that his... He would be an interesting case study if, you know, you could still talk to him and see, like, really what his what his issue was and why. Yeah. Because his mom, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously you don't know that much about his mom, but if anything that she wrote in this book is true of her character, she seemed like a, like a good mom who loved her son. Yeah, she does seem like she loves her son a lot, and Peter Manuel seemed like he loved his mother a lot. And she wouldn't lie for him, so she no. seemed like she was straight, yeah. straight and narrow. Very interesting. There is a TV version, but I have not watched it. It is, uh, it yeah, watch. it's on ITV. Um, it's called In Plain Sight. It's a little mini series. It, was, it came out in 2016, but it is about Peter Manuel and, um, this case it is fascinating i recommend if you like true crime i recommend the book but i do well now that you've heard all about you can read the book but it would be in your best interest to possibly read some about the true crime before you read the the book book. i think it's a lot better that way but otherwise it was good and i liked it i did too i enjoyed it especially after i had more it's it's very short it's very short Um, i think it's like 250 pages yeah, maybe even a little it. bit less than that you can read it in one sitting yeah 235 um you can definitely read it in one sitting and it does it does help clarify and make more sense when you do know the actual events that happen that the book is based on it helps make the book make more sense yeah because otherwise i don't think it makes a ton yeah, unless you already know about the crime then it you know it would make sense, but I think if if you have no idea like I did, uh, I was very confused until I started researching <laughs> after I finished ha- it. What is happening here? <laughs> what are they talking about? And Denise Mina has lots of other good books. She's a great crime writer, based in Scotland, so this is um, very much on her radar. Yeah, 
in terms of cases. Labeled as a thriller. I it's not I don't think it's your typical thriller though. I wouldn't call it a thriller. No, but it is a mystery. Yeah. So it could definitely, you know, be classified as a that, that loosely based know. on true effects. You never know what's real. No. Other than Peter Manuel was convicted and he was hung. Yes. That is true. That is true. But whether William Watt was innocent or not. That we'll never know. That will never be solved. Forever a cold case. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Book. Be sure to join us next month uh, where we will deep dive into another book and another true crime case. To stay up to date with library news, follow us at SSJCPL on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit our website at SSJCPL.org.